Lives of Pitch, the podcast where we pitch the best films that'll never get made. I'm Matt Turner. And I'm Tom McGrath. And the game goes like this. We asked you, our devoted listeners, to come up with titles that you'd like to hear us pitch. We then collaborate, coming up with story points, casting, and even marketing strategies. Without further ado, this week's title is... Uncle Wizard Strikes Again. <laughs> yes, I like it. I like it a heck of a lot. Oh, Uncle Wizard. <laughs> Striking again. You've done oh. it again. Oh, this is an adventure movie. We're going to find things out all yeah. about Uncle Wizard. We're going we're gonna to uncover a... <laughs> Those are the best films, yeah. aren't they? Where you're finding yeah. things out about the film. (laughs) (laughs) So, as Matt said, we're doing adventure movies this week, and joining us for an adventurous old time is Dave Bulmer! Hello again! Welcome back to the show, Dave. Yeah, no problem. This was a bit of a last-minute gig. I had to fly in from across country. (laughs) Yeah, we we paid for for, uh, economy class, but uh, we... We got you... There's only limited fun. We got you the ticket to be in the seat where you are now. Yes, I'm currently on the plane trying to reach the studio. And in the meantime, let's see how much of it we can record over can Skype. I said that as if we don't record the rest over Skype. Like you can Skype from a plane, but when you land, then you just shout really loud. And when you get, when you get here and we finish recording, we'll just send you straight back. <laughs> Okay, so Uncle Wizard Strikes Again was given to us by Alex, not safe for work keen. They got in touch with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show as well. So, shall we move on to some adventurous, honourable mentions? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so this is the part. (laughs) Matt wasn't sure. Affirmative. (laughs) All right, so this is the part of the show where we go through some other titles we've been given and pitch those movies as well. Kind of like the trailers for the film you're about to watch. Oh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I know. It's it's a nice little thing, isn't it? Um, Yeah, but it's like the sort of trailer where they show too much of the film in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know know the ending by the end. Yeah. So, from Tomasz Jodakowski, we've got The Socks That Fit Perfectly. The Socks That Fit Perfectly. Okay, so, Mm. so obviously this is about the the only socks that fit perfectly. Otherwise, they wouldn't be... Because normally, socks, you know, they, they kind of... I don't... I, I can really count on the fingers of... Well, maybe two hands, but... Uh, on my fingers, I can count how many times <laughs> I've owned socks that fit disastrously. You know, because yeah. normally you just... You never mm. wear those socks. Again, you move on. Most yeah. sock experiences that I think most people have is of socks that fit. Maybe they don't fit perfectly, but we don't really give that time of day, do we? We're not like, oh, these... If these have been made by a tailor with actual exact measurements for my feet, I'd be much happier. No, I've never yeah. thought that before. I mean, like, you get those socks that, like, twist round a little bit so that the heel yeah. is at the side of your foot. And, well, you know, yeah, but then you mm. fix it. That's not... That, that's not. A, but if you've indelible... got to constantly adjust it, then, you know, it's it's not a good fit. True. I think I that we, we open with an, a, an, a monologue that's <laughs> like... When the when you have socks that fit perfectly, you become like it's, it's like you can use sixty percent of your brain rather than twenty five. Yes, and it's and it is a tailor who's developed this. There's a really good tailor. Is it a tailor that makes socks? Let's say in this case, it yeah. is. 
Yeah, it's like somewhere Sock. between a tailor and a cobbler. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> maybe, there's, maybe there is a man who works between those two. Like, you've got a tailor shop and a cobbler shop, and just in between there's a really thin shop that it's just called, makes it's, the socks. It's called a take-hobble. <laughs> no, or no. a tobbler. Yeah, better, but it's mostly Tame. just cobbler, Tabler. Tabler. Tablobble. 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 So the table of all, he's, uh, he's there. He's there working away with, but he's he's sick of being stuck in this tiny little thin house between two other houses, and so he's like got all these plans up. His walls are covered with charts and stuff, and he's making these secret plans about how to create the how to create the perfect sock. And he realizes that, uh, yeah, it is actually unlocking people's latent abilities <laughs> when he gets it right. It's 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 uh, it's Taylor and Lautner. Oh, thank you. Yes, played by Taylor and Lautner. Exactly. And uh, oh, actually, this makes sense because I've heard a thing, and I I imagine it's probably completely false. But I've certainly seen a chart of the foot of the human foot with mm. little b- divided into bits, like when you see a you know a pig cut up into sections, and the bits are like like arm, elbow, like brain, like emotion, like. The, these pressure points on the foot that have to do with other parts of the body. Well, what if this guy is making socks that like caress those parts of the foot and unlock abilities unlock. that people super strength and like yes. brain power? It's like it's like Jackie Chan Adventures with the talismans. These weird like you get a different thing for each each different one. You this this pair of socks makes you like super speedy. Yeah, and this one makes you be able to go invisible. Yeah, but the thing is, it's kind of a pain to like change your socks in the middle of an action sequence. So you have to really pick wisely. So a a pair of shoes, a pair of socks that fit perfectly would provide every power at once. Yeah, but there's but there's only one of them he's ever managed to make. Yeah, and it's no, he's made (laughs) no because it wouldn't fit everyone perfectly. So he's just made a pair of socks, just any pair of socks. (laughs) And the thing is, he's going on about the fact that one person in the world they'll fit perfectly but like that's obviously the case because you just make a random pair of socks someone is gonna fit this pair of socks (laughs) (laughs) he's like he's like it but it's too powerful that person would become yeah unstoppable i'm gonna hide it in the bottom of a a, in in, in like this tower with a series of traps (gasps) oh my god there's all these tasks you have to go through. No, go on tom because i'm gonna say the end you say the middle i'm gonna say the end (laughs) i think uh a, a person finds these socks. Yeah. And then, because uh, it's, oh, it's Taylor Lautner, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I was thinking, oh, I could recast this guy as Jackie Chan. And he you has to fight. Yeah, he has to fight the person with the perfect socks on while changing <laughs> socks constantly. Because he, <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he can use his power of prop work changing socks. <laughs> yeah, and of course, when you've got, and of course, when you are A, Jackie Chan, but B, You've got the socks on that give you the equivalent Jackie Chan powers, whoever you are. Mm. You can, um, you you're really fast at changing socks, but only that time. You have to well, be ja- wearing those socks. Jackie Chan is is Taylor Lautner's apprentice, uh, and and uh, <laughs> Taylor Lautner is too old and wizened to uh, to fight, but Jackie Chan will do it. And so- <laughs> okay, so but then the, so this goes on, right? And there's the sequence, there's the tower, there's all the things you have to get past. There's the 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 boss, whatever. And then finally, they get the ultimate pair of socks, right? But the twist is that you know we've already established that the only reason these are the ultimate pair of socks is if you're the person they fit. 
Yeah. Well, what that means is every pair of socks in the world is the ultimate pair of socks. It's just we're all wearing each other's wrong socks. <laughs> all that needs to be done is for everyone to swap socks in precisely the right way. And then we can all unlock our powers and essentially ascend to the next step of human evolution. <laughs> and it ends the next with step, uh... the next step of human evolution. The next instep. The end of the film, there's a big space baby with socks on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, so that was the socks that fit perfectly. Um, <laughs> wow, we, we really covered that nice and succinctly in a, yeah. in a nice and <laughs> compact way. We're going to have to really like stall for time to fill up the rest of the podcast. <laughs> It's anything under an hour is good for an honourable mention. Um, <laughs> yeah, one hour for honourable mention, and then three hours for the final pitch, and we're good. Okay, so from fingers to hand, we've got John Malkovich goes to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is an adventure movie, right? So yeah. I think I don't think we, this should be like a big deal. Like going to the moon is like a one bold kind of step. We mm. want this That's to be the famous quote, isn't it? Yeah, one bold kind one of step. bold, one bold John Malkovich step. Um, <laughs> one big, jump. one bold John Malkovich <laughs> step. What ah, if this that's... is a sequel to Being John Malkovich? What if? <laughs> so what if it's Being remember... John Malkovich on the Moon? Change the title. I know that's what not if... really in the rules, but <laughs> it's like so. John Malkovich at the end of at the end of Being John Malkovich. John Malkovich. No, no. Goes hang his... on. John Malkovich being on the moon. That's what it should be called. Carry on. <laughs> being on the moon. Being on the moon with John Malkovich. <laughs> Sounds like a talk show. It does. <laughs> wait, wait. Being a being on the moon with John Malkovich. He's interviewing the the being. Right. Sorry, Matt. Carry on. So, Hello, I'm being on the moon. I, I don't remember the end of being John Malkovich, but I like the, I okay do. potential spoilers if I do. But I think John Malkovich goes inside John into into the hole that takes you into John Malkovich's own brain. That's mm. sort of the middle towards the end of the film. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so I think that John Malkovich can't can't take it anymore. And at so some he goes point, the hole that makes you be on the moon. <laughs> yeah, and at some point he's like, "I've got to get away from this portal that allows people into my head." And then so he gets on a he, he uh, kind of stows away on a rocket that's going to the moon. No, and, <laughs> but still within the I've, internal John Malkovich, John Malkovich dimension. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've got, I've got a similar idea, and it, it uses the same thing. However, people try to monetize being John Malkovich. Uh-huh. If for anyone who's not seen being John Malkovich, watch yeah. it. It's an incredible movie. But there's a hole in this office building that if you go down it, you become John Malkovich for 15 minutes. So this company has found out that you can be John Malkovich, and it's it's uh, SpaceX that's okay. doing it, and they want to they want to promote space tourism. Okay, right. so so they're like, here's <laughs> a way that you can that? see the moon and have a yeah. little taster of, oh, yeah, of so what it's like to so be on the moon. So they only have to minutes. train. So they 
they only have to train one person, John Malkovich, to go to the moon. <laughs> yeah, and everyone yeah. else can experience it through his eyes, including like scientists who would want to study the moon. Yeah. Person, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and SpaceX. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say David Tennant is, uh, is working for SpaceX and he lies to John Malkovich. He says, uh, I reckon we, uh, um, I think we can probably, uh, probably solve your problem of uh, people jumping into your head randomly if we just, uh, if we just send you to the moon, you should be out of range of the uh, of the head jumping uh, hole. Yes. Uh, Is David uh, Tennant actually playing Elon Musk in this? Uh, sure, be. why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's still a bad liar, man. Um, <laughs> so um, ooh, I made a nice noise. That was good, um, wasn't it? <laughs> Very um, nice little noise. Boop. It's like um, when you're washing up a pan and it goes boo. I like nice noises. Um, So anyway, (laughs) I cannot lie. (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, John Malkovich gets shipped out to the moon by Elon Musk, where (laughs) then Elon Musk buys out this. Like uh, on the way, John Malkovich is talking to his loved one, right? Uh, The the other person, Danny DeVito, uh, Mm. who is sort of. uh, it, it, like John Markovich's uh, best friend or, or 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 husband or something, I don't know. Um, yeah. And uh, Danny DeVito being like a, uh, uh, I guess a, a some kind of journalist or high like a writer. Okay. And he's like, I've been looking into this situation, uh, John, and Elon Musk's just bought out that whole that whole office block where the where the uh, <laughs> where the John Malkovich hole is. We should like this is kind of weird. I don't think I don't think you should go up there and John Malkovich. I've got to do something. I've, I, no, tra- I've I, literally I've trained to be an astronaut. No, I'm old <laughs> enough now that there's there's nothing else I can do now on that scale. So now I've trained to be an astronaut. What am I going to do? Not go to the moon? Screw you. I'm going to the moon. <laughs> what am I going to do, Danny? Go to, not go to the moon? <laughs> <laughs> and that could be so the he, tagline. Yeah. <laughs> so he he goes to the moon, and I think from then on, it's it's pretty much the plot of Moon. The, <laughs> the John Malkovich Duncan Jones movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, see, I think, I think yes, but also you keep cutting back to Earth of Dan DeVito trying to stop Elon Musk because at that point there's literally a, con- a, a line around the block of people constantly jumping into John Malkovich. John Malkovich never has power over his own actions. Mm. So he's like, oh, no, I'm a slave on this moon. I was tricked. And then Danny <laughs> DeVito has to bring down that the building with Elon Musk in it. <laughs> so you've got Danny DeVito crawling through air vents, all greased but up. <laughs> but wait a minute. If you burn down, and when you say bring down, I'm thinking he literally brings down yeah, the building want, or burns it down. He wants to explode it. Right, but <laughs> when you explode the building that has the hole in it, is that just... Does that just expand the hole? Like, is there now no- nothing <sighs> around the hole? So now the whole world is the hole. Everyone's just like John <laughs> Malkovich, and we all become this weird guest out. Any, any, like, so it's just the size of this building, right? So, yeah. um, and, and it's getting bigger because it's unraveling. This hole is is unraveling, uh, yeah. like a like a hole in a sock. Uh, and um, uh, any bird that flies in 
just like into this void that, where the John building Malkovich. was just becomes John Malkovich for a bit. That's the thing, the hole's expanding until the whole world is in John Malkovich. We essentially yeah. become a giant John Malkovich baby in space. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Become John Malkovich. <laughs> um, we no, are so, become John Malkovich. So as this is happening, as this is expanding, you get like full city blocks that are are kind of almost trying to control, like all of them are trying to control uh, uh, John Malkovich. And you have John Malkovich's like head swelling up bigger and bigger oh. and bigger, like oh. veins bulging out. You can see like inside of these, this purple light emanating from his eyes. Until, as... until, until eventually his head is as big as the moon. So when we look <laughs> at the moon, we just see John Malkovich's head. <laughs> Until suddenly, you can see it definitely. You get the shot from space uh, on, onto the moon, and you can see John Malkovich's head just like off there, like a boil. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and and until you see John Malkovich is like cr- clutching his head, and then you see coming over um, out of like one of those big craters on the moon, you see the being, which is another previous. Uh, fairly well regarded actor who <laughs> <laughs> this happened to last time. Uh, yeah, he's up there with a fishing rod, um, <laughs> and his name is Aiken Drum. <laughs> his name is Aiken Drum. The DreamWorks. Remember kid. Aiken Drum? Yeah, Remember him playing upon his ladle. Oh, he... No one ever talks about Aiken Drum anymore. <laughs> That's because this happened. He used to be famous, but then everyone ended up. Going into Aiken Drum, and then we all got sick of him, stopped mentioning him after that. <laughs> he, his, until we his moved him to the moon, shoes, and then it was brand new. His, his shoes were made of good roast were beef. You were they? See, that's, I mean, that's the thing. That's the stuff we did to him. He used to be this celebrity a- actor, Aiken Drum, and then, like, we stepping into his body, we were like, ha ha, now I'm Aiken Drum. I'm going to make shoes out of good roast beef and wear them. Ha ha, I'm going to play upon a ladle. Ha ha, this is really silly. And it's affected him. To the point where that's what he now does all the time. That is a wreck <laughs> of a man, Aiken Drum. <laughs> and John Malkovich is crawling his way along the moon, only able to hold himself aloft because of the low gravity. And so... <laughs> <laughs> um, he moves himself with his tongue because uh, his head just drops to the floor. Uh, he'll get all dust on his tongue. Uh, and out of his mouth. Yeah. And, and so what does Aiken Drum tell John Malkovich that can allow him to sort of... Uh, to, to get out of this one, I don't think Aiken Drum can make much sense anymore. He's, <laughs> he's gone wild. <laughs> he just stares at him and then cut to cut to black. Finn. Oh, oh, oh! Up. I know, I know. Okay, so um, uh, like uh, he's like Aiken Drum, this yeah. other celebrity who's been like. So, who, who's on the moon this has happened to before right he's staring at john malkovich like wide-eyed just like this empty empty eyes and and john malkovich is like communicate with me please i need to i need to kind of uh to get out of this situation and then um <laughs> like eventually uh like aiken drum crawls his way to a pit in the middle of one of the oceans uh of uh, on the moon and uh, and down there is the hole that Aiken Drum that, that you can use to get into the into Aiken Drum <laughs> mines. Oh, that's on the moon to begin with. So yeah. everyone, everyone in this in this bygone age that we've kind of forgotten, like golden age of Hollywood or whatever, when this guy was a celebrity, everyone used to have to go to the moon to get in this hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> we, just lost. we just we just got sick of going in Aiken Drum, so we just <laughs> forgot the technology to go to the moon and just nobody wrote it down. And we all thought it was really impressive when we next invented it, but we'd already done it. It was yeah. it was commonplace. People used to pop to the moon just to have a little go in Aiken Drum. <laughs> and that's why Aiken Drum went to the moon. He went on that went to the moon, and now he guards the hole. So he's got, like, a spear and a club. What do you think the space race was for, Dave? (laughs) At this point, I have no idea. It was... The space race was so so that we could colonize the Aiken drum zone. (laughs) Of the moon. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> so eventually, John Markovich crawls into Akin Drum's mind, yeah. taking with him the majority of, of, of New York City. Uh, <laughs> and it's not, and it's not the end point to this story that Akin Drum ends up crawling into the Malkovich hole, yeah. and they're both each other, and it kind of cancels everything out. Yeah, exactly. They like uh, Akin John Malkovich, whilst controlling Akin Drum, leaps off the moon and then plummets towards Earth. Oh, His giant he aims head. directly. He aims exactly for the the Malkovich hole. So yeah. he's like plunging down <laughs> from space, and the people like Elon Musk is like, "We've got to stop him." He's like, you know what I mean? There's like a countdown timer. He's coming for the hole. Drum. He's nearly there. He's reached terminal velocity now. The drum's gonna hit. Um, so the drum's gonna impact. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he like. You know, Aiken Drum's body just with this enormous global head just thump, just dunks into the into the Malkovich hole. Can't quite fit, but just plugs oh, no. it forever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the film. And, bec- and because he's been dragging himself along the ground with his tongue, his tongue is powerful and he knows how to like bulk it up. So he. Oh no, that was Malkovich, wasn't it? Well, yeah, anyway, yeah. Aiken Drum did it. So now <laughs> the end of the film is him like poking his tongue down the hole hoping one day to get that tongue just far enough that it counts as being down the hole <laughs> uh, ready wow. for a new sequel uh, yeah. being a kindred <laughs> yeah well because at that point if if what is it? So Malkovich has gone down the Aiken drum hole, yep. and then he's Aiken drum, and he controls Aiken drum to go down the Malkovich hole. Yep. The outcome of which theoretically is that John Malkovich will have gone down the John Malkovich hole, in but in someone Inside else's body, it, yeah. so he's protected. He doesn't go into the Malkovich Malkovich dimension. He instead controls his own body, and so kind of it's a happy ending for yeah. him. Yeah, he'll Although be normal. Aiken drum, goodness knows what he's going through. Danny DeVito like reads out from a book at the end if if. John Malkovich can get in in Aiken Drum's body, can get down the Malkovich hole, he'll be back to normal. And then <laughs> credits roll. That's wow. the end. So Charlie Kaufman, if you're listening, there's a great <laughs> sequel. I think I mean, we've very underst- I think we've understood the themes and uh and and meaning behind John Malkovich there and applied them correctly to to a, a, a very good sequel. I mean, the only thing that we haven't applied there, and I was deliberately not doing this, and, and fans of the film will be will will have thought this while listening, is that we haven't addressed what actually happens at the end of the film, which I think could have fed into some of this. But that, for me, feels like a spoiler. You go ahead and yeah. watch the film, and then go just the imagine film. how it would connect into this. I don't think this was too silly for Kaufman to do. Go ahead, Kaufman. I tell you what, if you watch the film now, listeners, and you think that, that the ending could have fed into this, tweet us. And we'll we'll go, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And give us a big like. (laughs) Also say big like, yeah.
Yeah, it's it's available on Amazon, I believe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I have like. to check. I wonder if it is. <laughs> a big like is available on Amazon, um, probably. Uh, I, I got a big like last week for my accurate knowledge of what really happened at the end, towards the end of Genghis Khan's life. Okay, so thank you everyone for the titles you've given us this week. Uh, remember to find us on facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show to get in touch with us anytime you want, really. Yeah, go over there, give us a big like, send us the, the suggestions when we put up a post for a genre, and just join in, in the community. Yeah, uh, give us a like, give us a follow on there. So... Now we move on to our final pitch, which, as we said at the beginning of the episode, from Alex Not Safe or Keen, we've got Uncle Wizard Strikes Again. <laughs> I guess the big question here is, who's your, who's your wizard? And what did he do the first time? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh who's your wizard and what did he do the first time? <laughs> now, what we don't know is... it. He might not be a wizard. His name might just be Uncle Wizard. <laughs> it could be anything. Oh, that's true. It's uh, it's David Blaine, magician, who's <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Wizard. I mean, that's quite close to being a wizard. Yeah, that is quite close to being a wizard. Hmm. It's a possibility that someone would have a name as outlandish as mm. Wizard. <laughs> well, well, Uncle Wizard. Uncle being the f- person's first name. Uncle, yeah, that could be his whole name. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Wizard strikes again, yeah. He might so just be like, the, he, like a Moriarty-style criminal, but he just happens to be called <laughs> Uncle Wizard. That's his, that's his criminal name. Because he likes to make his crimes appear like he's, he's doing them by magic. Hey, oh, cool. my God. So this is a detective story, then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've, got, uh, we've got to have a detective that's going to break all the rules. But and the, the thing is... that sighs constantly. Yeah. But the thing is that this, this career criminal, he's a career criminal, right? He's been working in the criminal mm. uh, arts for many a year mm-hmm. and uh, except once under Thatcher when the industry was uh, forced to go on strike because of a problem <laughs> with <laughs> negotiations and uh, and uh, oh, it looks like it's going to happen again the, uh, the, the criminal union is trying to negotiate better terms but it just looks like they're going to have to go on strike again a kitchen sink drama about a criminal called it was <laughs> just incidentally named Uncle Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna do anything. <laughs> I like I like how Dave you've taken everything we could use in that <laughs> everything interesting stripped away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright. <laughs> Well, look, it might be an interesting story to tell under the umbrella of (laughs) under the setting of this strike, a general strike by criminals. That's quite. I believe you. I'm just not. not, I I just don't know what it is. (laughs) The new film from Shane Meadows, Uncle (laughs) Wizard Strikes Again. From the people who brought you This Is England and Ten Man Shoes. Okay, then, so, all right, so the criminal enterprise, the, sorry, the criminal industry goes on strike, and during that, 
has to reconcile with his son, who he's been a bit absent from. And there's a story about that. They end up just playing football outside on some grass or something. There's a grander story to tell uh, around this, right? Which is when the criminals go on strike, the police now have no jobs to do. Yeah. And so they start cutting down police things and then the economy starts crashing. And like when the criminals go off strike again, there's no one there like waiting. Although no, no. I feel like the more interesting angle is if, yeah, the, the police... Uh, money is sort of taken away from the police and their resources start to dwindle and so there's pandemonium because freelance criminals like criminals who don't who aren't members of the union that's yeah. not what freelance means what what's the word for someone who's not a member of a union uh don't know well they Bad. they are well i know what the, i know what the word for them this time is scabs because yeah. they cross the 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 picket line is that what yeah, you cross yeah picket line that's it yep <laughs> And they, because I don't know if you necessarily have to have a picket line just just because you're going on strike, but you know whatever. What happens? I mean, it's, like it's, when a, it's a general term. Okay. It's a general term for for, for working when you're supposed to be on strike. Yeah. Okay. Crossing the picket line. So 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 yeah, the, there are scabs who do that, and now yeah, it's pandemonium. There's there's meanwhile, crime going on all over the place. Meanwhile, uh, I'm going to say Anna Kendrick is a police officer who is feeling the the the, the pinch of the cuts because everyone around has been laid off mm. she is the brother of uncle wizard anti-wizard <laughs> 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 sorry she, she's the, the the sister of uncle wizard oh yeah yeah I uncle wizard mean, is her yeah. brother yeah, mm, yeah got it got it anti-wizard yeah. Um, and Do you want to say they... it again for the edit, or are you okay? <laughs> sure. No, she is. She is the sister of Uncle Wizard, Auntie Wizard. So, so Uncle yeah. Wizard. Did we ever cast Uncle Wizard? No. No. Uh, Matthew Perry from Friends oh, is yeah, Uncle okay. Wizard. Um, well, go on. Yeah, and he's well. This is before the strikes happened, but he's constantly hiding his criminal life from his sister, Anti Wizard. Yes, yeah, she thinks. What, what does she think he does? She thinks he's a wizard, and she's really Anti Wizard. So she's not. A, <laughs> she doesn't approve of that. And then, and and he's and Matthew Perry's like. But if I told her that I was right, you can't. Right, Dave. Right, you can't. You can't strip this tale of everything magical and then just go, "Oh yeah, and wizards exist as well." But these people aren't wizards. Yeah, can. Yes, I can. There are wizards in this world. They're just nothing to do with this story. you can. There's loads of like stories about wizards like that don't mention thieves. <laughs> I just it's, love it's, the it's idea. Tom, it is within his power to to, to make it suddenly wizard. Yeah. So the film does start with like a pan across of like setting the scene of Britain. There's all wizards everywhere. It's like do 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 do, and then and then it just becomes this extremely like gritty realism crime criminal story. So the way I want to do this is the establishing shot is you follow basically the Hogwarts Express, like a, a steam train. But then, across the but then the camera moves across to like the Crime Warts Express, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Wormswood Scrubs Express, and you hear, you hear, so it's like, 
do do and it's a, 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 a colliery band is playing on the next platform over <laughs> yeah and that's how we get this like this, this... <laughs> Tom's got his head in his hands. I'm, I'm still laughing at the idea that this film is called <laughs> Uncle Wizard Strikes Again. It's a world in which wizards exist, but this film is about not a wizard called Uncle Wizard. It's an extremely multi-layered bait and switch for the audience, isn't it? <laughs> They've come in with one idea. That, that idea is then reinforced by the opening of the film that very clearly establishes the existence of wizards. <laughs> I was trying to take a drink of water. Sorry. <laughs> now, now all that's ruined. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so uh, like to be honest, guys. Yeah. What 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 what's happening? <laughs> um, We've established so, quite a complex world. Okay, there's so one thing we haven't about. established. One thing we haven't established is what doesn't exist in this world. Because if wizards <laughs> do exist, I feel as if something like I don't know, firemen shouldn't exist, <laughs> or like uh, dogs or something. Right. So right. There's a main character called Uncle Wizard. He's a criminal. Wizards <laughs> exist in this world and everything's on fire. That's... Yeah. And the only one... <laughs> the only one who can help is the great wizard, Fireman Sam. <laughs> who is a wizard, but his name is Fireman Sam. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) With his sister, Station Officer Steele. I want some scenes now. Give me some scenes in this film. We've got one opening shot that establishes the fact that there are wizards and then peace and switches to a... to a a coal mining town in North Yorkshire. Yep. (laughs) During the 70s. Alright. Oh. So the And first... if it's by that this is England bloke, there's gonna be some really astonishingly good child actors in it. We've gotta focus yeah. on that. Yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> Either that either that or it's a trapeze artist whose name is Good Child Actor. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, oh he doesn't God. know what to do because trapezes don't exist in this world. <laughs> Just tra- just trapeze artists. <laughs> hey. Matt has visibly checked out of this whole podcast. I don't know how to I don't know how to fix this. No. No, I'm really sorry. I've really screwed this up for everybody. I'm sorry. Right, so <laughs> I've got it. Let's just I'm go not, but I just want to oh, wow. get, move on Tom's with, got it. Go, with what I'm the story is for this film. Right. So, <laughs> as we said before, Anna Kendrick thinks that Matthew Perry is a wizard, when in fact he's a criminal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thinks, right. She thinks he went off to Hogwarts yeah. and learned to, to wizard, when actually what he did was uh, go off to crime warts yeah. and learn how to crime. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But she's a member of the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wouldn't approve of that. Oh. Um, and so you have her, like, he's on, he's on strike. And, um, like, so he's not at work, right? 
So she comes back and she lives know, next door and she comes around like, oh, I was just here to come and water your plants because you're normally at work now. Um, but what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, uh, Wizard's Day Off. You don't know about <laughs> Wizard's Day Off? <laughs> 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 and and so she's like, Wizards Day Off. Never heard of that. Uh, what, 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 what? Do you just get a day off at random once a year? Or he's like, no, it's for this specific three week stretch. Uh, it's every time um, the criminals have a strike <laughs> that we get a day off. So eventually, I assume she's he, he'll go to extreme lengths to try and hide the fact that he's a criminal from her. Yeah, right? hiding Even behind his point- extremely flimsy, um, like lie that he's a yeah. wizard. She yeah. out of anyone, she would know that just because your name is wizard, that doesn't make you a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the story he's gone with. Yeah, and um, and so she, um, she's like obviously bad-mouthing criminals because she's lose, about to lose her job because there aren't any criminals on, uh, working now. Mm. She's got no one to catch, so she's about to lose her job. And she's yeah. like, these bloody Cause, criminals. Because there's a scene at the office, isn't there? At the, sorry, at the station, where like the, uh, the the guy in charge of police, what are they called? The Not Sarge. Commissioner. Yeah. Commissioner. He's, there, he's there going, well, there's no crime, so I'm afraid like you're fired unless you find some crime. Actually, yeah. strike that because that sets up for some of the police to start doing crime, and that's just even more complicated. <laughs> I think that's because the police would do crime to make it so there's crime, so the police don't yeah. lose their jobs, and it would be quite convoluted. I'm, I'm I very think sorry. That's for what being... happens? Do, yeah, do think... you? That's not yeah. yet yeah. another step too far into the no, complex no, no, no. tangled what, what web of this whole concept. <laughs> is she gets fired? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I hate these criminals, and I'll continue to hunt them down. She's about, she's about to get fired, right? Yeah. She's on her last sort of like few days, and if we can't find any crime by then, then I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to lay you off. Um, she is like, she's already seen some of her her friends get fired. Bradley yeah. Walsh has already been fired. Um, <laughs> he's like, I can't believe you've been fired from the police station. What yeah. are we gonna do now? I'm really angry at these criminals. who are on all on strike. I'm gonna and have then- to start doing my own crimes. Yeah, and 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 as such, like it's it is um, what's his name Matthew Perry who finds out first about the crimes that he's doing because <laughs> Bradley Walsh approaches the criminals and he and, and he's and like Matthew Perry, the guy who's supposed to be a criminal, finds out because someone's crossed the picket line and nobody knows who because yeah a, yeah and and they're like who's what criminal is working right now and they're like it was a policeman. Who who lost their job because of us, and then they go him and anti crime and uncle crime uh, anti wizard and uncle wizard anti crime that's down. someone else entirely yeah anti wizard and uncle wizard both go and hunt down uh, this new sect of like picket cross picket line crossing policemen who are doing crime now uh, yes to to so that they can they can so that anti anti wizard can get a job back and then uncle wizard can. Uh, um, can stop the can continue the strike. Yeah, and they're both doing it for different reasons. Yeah, and they won't tell each other. Well, that's what makes mm. it realistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's what makes this really hard hitting and yeah. uh, and and human story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and of course, everyone in this, the criminals, everyone, they're all 
members of that brass band you mentioned earlier, that Collier's band, they've <laughs> yeah. all joined that. So there's also this B-plot about them trying to do well as a band. <laughs> Starring Ewan McGregor as yeah. the entirety of the brass band. <laughs> what? He's just got like one of those one-man band things, but it's covered <laughs> in different trumpets. And no, stuff. no, he, he, uh, he's got the orchestra all set up. Yeah. He just moves from instrument to instrument really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Because he's a wizard. Yeah, and when like when multiple brass instruments need to play all at once, which really is almost all of the time in a brass band, <laughs> yeah. he just has to like oscillate really fast around them. He's like, <laughs> he's playing them. He's just moving his lips across <laughs> them, like like he's high fiving them with his lips, <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's how it goes. So I'm thinking. Um... <laughs> Matthew Perry and, uh, and Anna Kendrick go after Bradley Walsh, who's got this crime den set up uh, with uh, incredibly fa- flammable materials. That's what he's dealing dealing yeah. in. And the crime um, den, the crime den is just called police station. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a crime den <laughs> called police station. Yeah, we'll never, we'll, we'll not make reference to that ever again. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's it just says it on a sign. Yeah, yeah it just says it on a sign. We go past that very quickly, and then yeah. they, throughout the throughout the film, they refer to it as the crime den. Yeah, but being ca- being ca- but the audience would look at that and they would see that it says police station, so they'd be like, "Oh, we're at the police station." So just for them, there should be another sign in whatever direction the camera's panning past. There's another sign deeper into the crime <laughs> den that says brackets. Actually, it's a crime den. It's just called police station. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, so what's, I think what's in there. I think um, because Matthew Perry and Anna Kendrick are both going after Bradley Walsh, Bradley yeah. Walsh sets the place on fire and like jumps out of a window and yeah. and leaves them to as as they've as they both realize that Matthew well Anna Kendrick realizes that Matthew Perry is a criminal. Well, and he's been causing thing, all these crimes. Thing, she says, "Well, why can't you can't you magic the fire out? You're a wizard." And then yeah. he's like, "Uh." I've got something to tell you. I'm secretly a criminal. They're, they're up against <laughs> they're up against a locked door, and she's yeah. like, "Can you magic the fire out? Uh, like, uh, can you can you can't you just put it out with your magic?" And he's like, "No, I'm afraid I've got something to tell you. I'm secretly a criminal." And he li- he picks the lock on the door, and they get out. Uh, yeah. Yes. To, uh, <laughs> and then she goes, but what about all those spells you've been doing? And he goes, no, all of those were just, I was just telling you I was doing spells. The only one spell I actually know how to do is the one that allows you and McGregor to really quickly play multiple brass instruments all at once. <laughs> <laughs> that one, fair play, that was a spell. Apart from that, I'm not a wizard. <laughs> and so so after this, they've got to come come to terms with each other. I, I think it, I think it's it's because they've been growing distant over the past few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's this fire uh, in Bradley Walsh's police station slash crime, crime den, den. Yeah. that has really brought them back together. Will also split them apart because Anna Kendrick's like, oh my god, you're a criminal, and I believe it. Yeah, Matthew Perry is like, oh no, I had to, I had to expose my secret so I could save my sister's life. And I think at the end, they come to the conclusion that if one didn't do crime, the other one wouldn't have a job. And yeah. so it's a good plan to do both of those things. Yeah. Uh, and as they leap from this burning building, 
Um, you see, like, as they, like, they embrace uh, on the backdrop of a, a building burning down, you can see the, the police station crammed in. Um, uh, <laughs> you can see over the top just Fireman Sam just descending. <laughs> Sorry, the real Fireman Sam or the bloke from earlier whose name was Fireman Sam? Both. It's, right. it's, uh, it's a person who looks like Fireman Sam who yeah. is casting magic spells to put out a, a, a fire. Right. It's Johnny and Reeves playing Fireman Sam. Does he look like Fireman Sam, though? <laughs> if you well, want Fireman Sam back. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, and I suppose I... if he had the helmet and the clothes, he would look yeah, like yeah. Fireman Sam then, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah fair enough. And if, he went, a... and if he went, whoosh, and did a big thumbs up <laughs> as, that and as the... he comes hoving into view. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how Keanu Reeves has an exact dome for a nose? Yes, I've noticed yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. uh, and a really round jaw. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. It's one of the key features of Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what, are we talking... What... We're not talking about... I wasn't. Ta- I bet you. I've just realised you're talking about the actor Keanu Reeves from like yeah, yeah. you know the Matrix and stuff. I was yeah. just talking about a man with that face whose name is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, no, I was talking about that guy as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that guy looks exactly like Fireman yeah, Sam, right, which explains right. which explains why he played Fireman Sam in Fireman Sam. All right, that's the end of that. <laughs> Credits, Gangsters Paradise. <laughs> and then at the, at the end of the film Matt Turner walks in but not, not this Matt Turner someone called Matt Turner walks in and goes alright no, alright no, it's not someone That's called enough. Matt Turner it's a man whose job is to turn Matt he comes in <laughs> the, the Matt Turner comes in <laughs> And goes, all right, all right, that's enough. But his name that's is enough. Postman Pat. <laughs> and, he, and he pulls the screen up to put the credits that are halfway <laughs> through already. Matt is sort of uh... pinching his face further off with every minute. <laughs> what do I do? I, I don't know. I honestly have no idea what you do, Matt, from here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, what we've done here is two that have to be deleted scenes. I don't know what you're going to do for the real episode. <laughs> Yeah, no, this well, is that fine. Was, that was all the main deleted pitch. scenes this week. Um, that was, uh, <laughs> Uncle, that was Uncle Wizard again. Strikes Again. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Not safe for keen for that title. Uh, I am sure that is exactly what you envisioned when you gave us. <laughs> <laughs> And not anything else. That's not even what I envisioned after hearing it, because I can't unpick. I can't unpick it. <laughs> I don't know what to envision. <laughs> yes. So, thank you to everyone who's given titles this week. Uh, remember to go to our social media stuff. That's facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show to get in contact with us. Give us titles that you want to hear pitched. And just give us a big like on there. Shout, just shout big like at us in the street. Mm. Um, you know, any of those things. Whatever you want to do. Um, just send us uh, an email, uh, an address. Um, and if you, want, an uh, if you want a like back, remember to send a stamped address email. Yes, <laughs> yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, <laughs> you've got to make sure, yeah, you send, send us an email uh, just to any address. It just says big like for the Lives of Pitch podcast. 
Uh, we'll get it. If you did like the the, the uh, podcast, you would consider sharing it with your friends. You might also consider helping us to keep it going. On that thread, you can go to patreon.com forward slash life's pitch podcast. Give us a little bit of, uh, of money each month uh, to help uh, the thing keep going. Help us buy better equipment and that sort of thing. It won't solve the problem of, you know, like the, the, the pitches, but it will solve the problem <laughs> of, you know, various uh, allowing us to do cool things in the future. So to that end, I would like to thank the following people. Mahir Trevedi. Look here, Phil, stop crying and give this new meat bisque husk a go. <laughs> My waste of talent, Brandon Spanky Mills, Ross Originals, Sam McKillman, Stephen D. Thomas. Look, Andy, your kids aren't coming back. Why not crunch a meat bisque husk? Brenda, <laughs> we're a meat bisque husk family now. Take your lasagna and piss off. <laughs> New meat bisque husks are the only choice for the eligible bachelor. Meat bisque husks and gravy. Ooh, that takes me back to the golden day. Strike comedy or how I learned to stop worrying and love improv. Brent Black and Joseph Hegarty. I'm a pink bisque husky or a blue bisque husky. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, who's uh, given us... Uh, support on Patreon so far. Thank you. Yeah, it really does help. Genuinely. And thank you, Dave, for coming on the show. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know, if, I don't know how sincere that thanks was this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, well, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I certainly enjoyed it. I just don't, I don't know what, what it is. Uh, <laughs> like meat biscusk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy it, but I don't know what it is. No, definitely, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> I enjoy it, but I don't know what it is. That's that's the, the, the tagline for meat biscusks. Um, but seriously, Dave, thank you for coming on um, uh, again. Uh, hopefully, we shall be having you on uh, in the near future. In the very near future, I'm, in the, I <laughs> yeah. in the future. Um, uh, yes. So. Um, Tom, do we have a uh, Yes Very Clever Award today? Oh, yes, we do have a Yes Very Clever Award. By the way, this week. I think you should invest in a sort of bell to ring when these come up. I feel as if when a, when a Oh, Yes Very Clever comes up, you ought to just get ringing a big bell. <laughs> very clever. <laughs> so, our Yes Very Clever Award this week uh, is a film title that is based around an existing title that we've been given, and it's from Alex Not Safe for Work Keen again. So, this week's Yes Very Clever Award is Honey, I've Gone and Shrunken Our Offspring Again. <laughs> Legally distinct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay.